Blog Talk Radio. The opinions and views expressed by the host and guest are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Blake Radio Network. Broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting to the world, broadcasting to the world, to the world, to the world, spreading the news and information. BlakeRadio.com, music for your mind, body, and soul. Talk radio at its best. You're listening to Rainbow Soul from BlakeRadio.com. on the Blake Radio Network, Rainbow Soul. I'm your host, Deirdre Schuler, and as you heard, I began the show with the song, I Say a Little Prayer, a song by composer Burt Bacharach and lyricist Hal David, whose songs dominated the pop music charts of the 60s on up until the 80s. Their endearing songs were like timeless love letters to the world. My guest today, Grammy-nominated South African singer and guitarist Jonathan Butler, recently released his album, Close to You, in tribute to these two musical geniuses. Butler highlights, via his own stylings, songs like The Look of Love, Walk On By, Do You Know the Way to San Jose, 
I say a little prayer which I played above, and this guy's in love with you, among others. You know, in order to touch the deepest emotions of love, one has to know both hope and compassion as well as pain. And Jonathan Butler knows very well the hardship of growing up in poverty under the dehumanizing system of apartheid. Sometimes when faced with such a harsh reality, music becomes the catalyst for hope, love, and beauty. Butler escaped through this avenue where he found solace in jazz, gospel, soul, and pop rhythms. Mr. Butler has found world fame via song Sarah Sarah in the pop genre, his soulful rendition of Do You Love Me, his jazzy deliverance of the song Deliverance, and via contemporary gospel with the classic Be Encouraged. I would like to welcome Jonathan Butler to the show. How are you, Mr. Butler? I am doing very well. How about you? I'm good. Sorry for the technical difficulties, but hopefully I no got problem. it under hand. Okay. Um, tell me about growing up in uh, Cape Town. That's where you were born, I understand. Yeah, yeah, I was born in Cape Town. Yes, uh, Cape Town is one of the most beautiful places in the world. In the world. That's what I heard. Yeah, when God made Cape Town, He just didn't repeat it. He, that was it. It's uh, it's incredibly beautiful place, and incredibly vibrant, uh, with uh, incredibly beautiful people, generous, uh, you know, kind, just really good people, and um, colorful. I met some of them. They always seem happy. I beg your pardon. In spite of it all, I, well, I've met that's, many that's South Africa. Africa. That's that's Africa for you. That's Africa for you. You know, uh, we uh, we tend to be very happy people. You know, optimism is uh, is a South African trait, uh, a trait mark in us. We are very optimistic. Uh, we are very happy people, uh, despite our our journey and, and um, our, our obstacles that we've had to endure and face, but most South Africans I know share by save optimism, um, despite the even pains of the past. Well, even though uh, it's an oppressive system, at least apartheid was under the white South African rule, how did... Yes. Um, how do the people cope with that? We, you know, we cope with it because we are a community. We are community-driven. We are very close to our communities. We 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 bond and we are very tight and very strong together. And as as a a nation that can stand together, we'll overcome a lot of things. And we have overcome a lot of things because we stood together. Um, you know. We had a we had a common we shared a common goal and that was to uh uh to topple apartheid, you know, to uh to to win over uh against a system that was uh 
horrific and 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 at at best, you know. So I think that's how we did it, and we did it with our music, we did it with our culture, we did it, you know. Uh, we were the best at music, we were the best at the things that we did. Sports, uh, sports was a big part of it. Um, and it did it with arts and entertainment. I mean, we, you know, music brought hope to the prisoners, to the political prisoners that that fought against apartheid. So we have, um, you know, an amazing uh, um, resilience and strength, and that is because we are a community that wanted the same thing. We all desired to see change for our kids, for our grandkids, for our generations to come, um, and uh, we, we—that's that's type of that's the South Africa I know. You know, that's the South Africa. We are not. We also willing to laugh at ourselves sometimes, <laughs> and um, but music kept a lot of us. You know, gave gave us a lot of hope through music, and and also our children gave us a lot of hope. Um, in most well, days, you know. America had its Martin Luther King and, and Malcolm X. In South Africa, had its Stephen Biko and Winnie and Nelson Mandela. But right, right. Our, our journey together, two countries different, but the black people have known oppression, and and to some degree in America still do. Um, yeah, and well, still do in South Africa as well. Yeah. Okay, that's what I was about to ask. How how. What are the changes? Well, you know the the, the, the structural change that the there is a political, there is a uh, economical, uh, uh, still economical challenges, which is not there's it, it's not an, 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 a level playing field uh, at all economically. So so there's still infrastructures that are still townships and. And neighborhoods that are still colored only, blacks only. Um, and today, if you are a wealthy black man, but wealthy black woman in South Africa, of course you're going to live in. You, you know, you're going to be able to afford to live in um, uh, towards the mountains and towards the oceans, which is where most of the white people live. And uh, and so there's still those those issues, even though the laws of the lands have changed and there's no more apartheid, but there is financial, there is economical apartheid, I, I, I believe, because until there's a, an a, a economical level of, of, of a, a playing field where people can uh, reach a, a different level of life, it's still going to be, you know, just because we're free on paper doesn't mean economically people are free. People are still suffering in South Africa. You know, as long as there's townships, there's always going to be a difference. You know, uh, as you America, as in America, they call it projects. In South Africa, we call them townships. Mm-hmm. And um, so as long as those townships are there, there's always going to be inequality. Um, and what um you about the change excuse me what do you think can bring about economic change is it more education or or or, or what 
in your well, opinion? absolutely. It's not just education. It's the opportunity to get the right education. It's the it's having the opportunity to get a better education. There's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There, there are a lot of South Africans who perhaps work for airline companies. You know, they're flight attendants, but they still live in townships. So, unless there's you know opportunities, greater opportunities. Um, uh, education-wise, and uh, for the for, um, there's still going to be this this the struggle. And uh, look, you know, right now South Africa, like every other country, we have a government that was we had a president that was corrupt. Uh, we had a government that was corrupt. I mean, we have people now that are uh, driving, you know, uh, Ferraris and Bentleys. Uh, who otherwise back in the day would not have, you know, uh, that's not something you would see Nelson Mandela do or Desmond Tutu would do because they were, they were leaders of our communities and of our nation. And so, I think you know, um, corruption is great. The inequality is still uh, an issue, um, and that the changes are going to come from the people who uh the the young generation who 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 feels the that the old um someone once said you know uh, uh that that the older generation has has a, a a different mindset about the future of South Africa whereas the younger people feel that there should be a real change and 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 unfortunately you know South Africa's problem is corruption right now. That's what it is. And there's still inequality. There are, there are more whites that still have more money. Basically, that's the honest truth. There are white people in South Africa that live still live better than black people do. And there are white people of that course. still have money, still control money. So I think a lot has to – this is like 24 – this is 20 years uh, democracy – we still have a long way to go before the country can see oh, yeah. uh, a, a difference um, on the ground and how people live. And I, my desire would be to see no more townships, you know, and, and see no more shanties. Um, but in order to put people in housing, they have to be able to afford the housing and, and have the opportunity to make the kind of money to have it live in the housing. So, you know, if you can't afford, you know, listen, this is an old, this is an old scar, an old wound from back in the day when, you know, farmers were paid with alcohol and half a sheet and given no education. So black people started off, you know, didn't get, um, uh, the type of breaks that white people had in South Africa. So we still have a lot of ways to make up for the stuff that's happening. So, but our, but our, our, our spirit is, is uh, the greater, um, uh, the great, greater the poverty, greater, even greater is the spirit of the nation. So we have an incredible spirit to overcome. So, you know, we just got to believe in the best for South Africa because uh, it's an amazing country, it, it's and it's accomplished a lot, and we have the type of leadership that can um, that can move the ball forward. You know. Do you vote? I mean, do the people vote in their? Of leaders? course, yeah, yeah, they do. Okay, and, but you know, it's between uh, it, it's between an ANC and the DA, and it's a, it's you know, the ANC is the majority, but there is still. Uh, 
their struggles within each party has its own struggles, and and there's factions of of the of the parties that are obviously finding their own way and trying to create their own voice and identity that will be very, very, um, and it's very uh, uh, progressive right now, you know, I mean, but I think with inside the ANC, uh, and remember, it's not just, you know, the the Americans know about Nelson Mandela, there's in Tutu, uh, you know, Winnie Mandela, but the, the nation of Amer- the, but the Americans don't know about people like Alan Busak, people that are there, you know, who have done, you know, who have fought the good fight for the country that are un, unspoken of and unrecognized, you know. And so that's and unfortunate. What, what did you Excuse say me? his name was? Alan Busak. Alan Busak. Alan Busak. Yeah, you know, okay. there's Trevor Manuel. There's other, there, there are other leaders there that have stood and fought for the struggle and um, but uh, uh, that has gone unnoticed, even by the ANC, has gone unnoticed. So um, it, it's, it's uh, you know, it, I think there's so much more that the Americans can learn about South Africa and not just see it as it's not it's not just black and white. You know, there are there are there are gray areas within Africa and South Africa that still isn't really talked about. You know. Uh, there's the Khoisan people. There's a, you know, I'm a Khoisan. You know, I'm, uh, I'm uh, my ancestry is, is from the very first people of South Africa, and none of those people are even talked mm. about. I mean, it's that's a history that's actually not even talked about. You know, and well, so. Well, that's the other thing. There's so many different uh, ethnic groups there. Yeah. And, well, and, yeah. And languages too, and and very. Well, cultures. absolutely. Yes. Yes. There's eleven. There's you know, in South Africa alone, there's 11, 11 languages spoken. But I, I feel like, you know, to, to your first question, I think we still have a long way to go in terms of uh, stamping out corruption and spreading the wealth so that people at the bottom of the mountain can begin to uh, afford a, a different a, a climb up and a different life, but the white people of South Africa are still holding on to their money, and it's old money, and they're still holding on to it, you know. And that's perhaps their that's their way of controlling well, their. I'm saying that yes. maybe that's the strategy to always make things so economically impossible that people will never be able. The black people can't rise up, and they'll continue to have control, even though it's. It's it, yeah. It's not obvious. The way the city, the way these cities were built, infrastructure wise, was built to keep blacks out of white communities, and whites out of black communities. And the whites live towards the mountain and towards the ocean and up in the hills, and the blacks live in the valley. And that's the way the place was structured. Unfortunately, you know. Um, the optimism is 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 strong. The spirit of the nation is strong. We we somehow as a nation have managed to coexist uh, in harmony and, and 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 in peace. And you know we never had a civil war. We never had an uprising when Mandela came out of prison. There was peacemakers like Mandela, Tutu, Nadine Gardemeyer. Uh, they were all these leaders that stood for a greater future for South Africa. There was unity within the rugby and social sports, music. 
when I grew up, there was really no such a thing. It was multiracial. Um, it wasn't multiracial. It was segregated when I grew up. And so, uh, so there are tremendous changes um, that I can speak of, but there are also tremendous challenges that I can also speak of, you know. Well, how did you rise above personally? Music is music. Music will make anyone rise up. Music is the power. Music has has the power to cause the spirit to to smile, make your heart smile, make your eyes tear up. Um, um, and I was given up. Was your family encouraged you? Know, my family was, there was a lot of music in my family to encourage me to let me know that that is what I was called to do. And and uh, through music, I was able to uh, see the world, experience life differently from my siblings and and see and learn what I've known now is through music and through touring. Well, how did you get started? Oh, I got started at, in my family home is where I got started and, and, and singing in my local community, uh, um, choirs and carnival and, um, you know, singing in cabarets and nightclubs. And uh, and that's how I got my start. And, and my parents were musicians. And so um, we all had, uh, you know, we all had some kind of, uh, experience going on stage, and and that's how I got started at age seven. Wow! Now, did you have to come to America to actually um, get famous, or were you already famous in South Africa? I was and then famous in South Africa. I was famous in South Africa when I was a teenager, and uh, I was a, I was known in my country before I left my country, and. Um, I was uh, extremely famous back home, but then uh, when I grew out of my teen years, I got signed to uh, an English record company, uh, Jive Records in England, and that's where I started writing songs and, and made, um, you know, made uh, made a life with my then wife, um, ex-wife, and I had a daughter uh, who was just born, and I went to London to write. And uh, became a songwriter. Just, just, just learned and worked on songwriting sessions, and and then I re- re- recorded my first my my first album. I recorded um, that went uh, and earned two Grammys and went platinum for me. And and um, I toured a lot of America then, and um, and in and in Europe. But I, you know, that's where I got my start. It was in South Africa, and then moved to London. I got an opportunity to, to get signed there in England, and then my records was released Did worldwide. You your family there? Oh no, just I was then. I was I was very young. I was I was in my early twenties, and I was married then to my ex-wife, and we had a daughter, and then um, moved to the states, and moved into New York for a little bit, for about a year, and then arrived in Los Angeles and decided that that's where home was going to be. Ah, I was going to ask you that if if you're living in America or return to South Africa, but you're in L.A. Okay. I'm in L.A., yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in Los Angeles, so I've been there for 
over 25 years now, yeah. Well, tell me about, is it the, am I pronouncing it correctly, Sari Award? It's, uh, yeah, it's S-A-R-I-E, Sari Award. Okay. Yeah. Now they call it the Sama Awards, so, yeah. Ah. So what what, uh, made you uh, do your new album from Hal Davis and Burt Baccarat's music? What compels you to do that? Well, you said it earlier in your you said it earlier in your segment. It's they, they wrote love letters to the world, and those love letters uh, I I relate to those love letters now. I I got married in uh, in January to my wife Nadira, who's from St. Louis, and um, the okay. album was inspired by her. Uh, and I were playing close to you at home. And, um, you know, I wanted to make a record that reflected that kind of love story and that love letters feeling of... um, The music was just timeless, and it's... You know, I didn't really feel inspired to write a record um, at the time, so... I began to research uh, Bert Bacharach's music, and I thought this was what I needed to do. So I just threw myself, you know, head first into this music, into this incredible classics that really is amazing to me, you know, just amazing. So, you know, thanks to my wife for just, you know, um, we married about, we got married in January. uh, So... She was definitely re- responsible for me going in that direction also. You married this year? Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Now, isn't she also on your new album, Close to You, as she the violin? She also plays, she plays the violin on my record. Yes, she does. Yes. She also, you know, she's, um, she, she's a music teacher. She teaches piano and violin. And um, she's she's also done you know a lot of film scoring um, sessions uh, such as Hidden Figures, Moonlight, uh, uh, Moonlighting, uh, uh, a lot of movies. She's you know she's quite busy with The Voice and American Idol, and uh, so she's wow. quite busy. Yeah. So are you presently doing a promotional tour of your album? I am presently doing a promotional tour, exactly, yes. Where where have you been so far? I know you're in New York um, right now. I'm a, Yes, I'm about to go to another interview when I'm done with you. Uh, i got to go to Sirius Radio, Sirius XM, yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. But where have you toured outside the state of New York? Um, I'm busy. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna be on for a while because I'm gonna. I just came from Canada, Toronto, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I'm on my way to Virginia, to Richmond, Virginia, and Norfolk, Virginia. I'm I'm on my way to quite a few cities at the moment. Uh, this is a uh, American tour. Do you plan to go? Well, you were in Canada, but do you plan to go to Europe? I just played in Africa. Um, I don't know if Europe is on the cards right now, but I just came from Africa and Canada. So right now I'm just touring the States. 
for a while, yes. Well, did you write the song Cape Town? Is that one of your original pieces? Yes, that's one of my original pieces, yes. Yes. Well, if you don't mind, I want to play that for the audience. Oh, I don't mind at all, absolutely. Okay, so here we are, Jonathan Butler with his song Cape Town. Yes, I wrote that. Yes, I wrote that song. Yes, and composed the music to it. I assume. Absolutely, produced it as well. Yes, I did. That's also on your your album, close to you. That's also or on the album, close to you. It's the only song that's an original piece of music that I wanted to kind of tie into the Bird Back Rack uh, music experience, so that it's. Um, but Backwards music uh, is treated with a South African flavor, so it's kind of a nice way to finish the record. Yes, indeed. That's the last song on, on the record? Yes. So I read somewhere that you feel transformed. And, and what 
In what sense? Well, what was the context of what I... Um, I can't remember the context of being transformed. Uh, I'd I like suppose to know you were just I... talking about your life. Well, you know... Um, I've, I, I've, I've, you know, I, I've got re I just got married, just got remarried after, you know, um, I just got out of, out of a divorce five years ago and met a beautiful, uh, who I call a friend and, uh, who was just an amazing person to me and still is. And so we met and, uh, we got married in January and, um, I'm inspired, you know, I'm inspired and, uh, um, I'm happy again. Love does that for you. Excuse me. Love does that to you and for you. Yeah, and you know she's my best friend, and she's a great person, and uh, she's very calming to be around, and um, the house is peaceful, and and um, it's just a beautiful thing, you know. We have two dogs, and we both make music together, and. Uh, we love traveling together, and um, and uh, love can make you strong. And your even children when it's are grown painful. now? My children are 34 and 30 years old, yes. And they both have uh, two daughters, so I have two granddaughters and two daughters, yes. Did any of them follow you into the music business? Oh, they're very gifted. They're very gifted. And and uh, but they are all doing their own thing, you know. My daughter's one daughter's a philanthropist, and um, she's a she's a teacher. She's a Montessori school teacher. She's an artist, and uh, she's an amazing woman. And my youngest was thirty; just had a beautiful daughter uh, called Lyric, and she's a singer, also a writer, also very uh, a strong woman. Yeah. Well, you're Grammy nominated. You said you won Grammys too. I was I was nominated twice for Grammys. Yes, yes. For what song? Uh, my first Grammy I got was when I was 13 in South Africa. So that's very special to me. Uh, but I was nominated for a song called Lies, and nominated for an instrumental called Going Home. Ah. Now. Your your new album, Close to You, is, is fairly new, but how's it being uh, received by by the public at large? Well, it's uh, been on the charts for about six, seven weeks. It's just jumped to 11. Um, you know, this is music that people know, so playing yeah. it is, 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 is a joy because people sing it. They know every word of it. And it's great to have a record that actually does that, you know, that has that effect on people it's nostalgic it's history it's american classics and uh so it's it's a it's a beautiful experience for me you know so it's been well received yes well when you wrote going home was were you in outside of of south africa when you wrote that and was thinking Um, of going home yeah i wrote it i was i was living in england when i wrote that yes in england Yes. Ah, uh, how was your experience in, in in England? It was cool. It was great. I still have very good friends in London. Uh, London is an amazing place, you know. Beautiful. It's a beautiful place. I raised my kids there. Very special time. 
and the lives of my kids' life and their experiences was living in England. Um, I don't think my kids knew racism until they came to the United States is when they discovered racism. Uh, they didn't grow up in that environment living in England. So it was a very culture shock for them to move from England to the States. Um, but London is always London will always have a special place in my heart. Well, do you find it interesting or really sad that America seems to be going backwards in terms of racial relationships, especially since they have the, that person sitting in the White House? <laughs> uh, it's, you know, at least in South Africa, we knew it was there because we saw it every day. In America, it's kind of covered up. But now that you have a man like, Mr. Trump in the White House, I think now it's kind of been revealed, and somehow we Probably. kind of have to look at it. We have to have to kind of like look at it from a from a you know clear mind, and, and uh, because it needed to be revealed to the nation that this is what it's this is what's going on every this is what's been going on every single day, and now it's just become more you know open and vocal. And without the blacks only signs, without the whites only signs, without the colors only signs, you know, at least in South Africa, we had signs up that, that let us know. In America, there was no sign that let you know that. So now we know it, it exists and it's alive. Um, and, um, and look, Definitely you know, I, think, on the police. I just think, you know, you know, I just really believe they are more of us than there are of them. And so we have, we who know, who walk in the light needs to, needs to spread that light around, you know. Um, because otherwise, we'll become consumed with it. And a house divided will not stand, cannot stand at all. A house divided, the Bible says, will not stand, you know. And church has a role to play, too, because, you know, we can't play church every Sunday and, and ignore the un injustice and the unrighteousness that's happening in the world, you know. I mean, the church has a role to play, too, in all of this, you know. Well, so. this seems to be almost like the last hurrah of the white race. Where else can they go but down? Well, you and, know... And, and how you see it. We need, you know... We need to, I don't know, I feel like music, you know, like music, you know, music restores and heals and brings togetherness. And uh, I just, you know, I just believe, I have to, I have to believe that there is hope, you know, and that God is on the well, throne. And God is no respecter of person. And uh, if you say you're a Christian, then you better read the scriptures correctly. You know, God is not white. Jesus is not white, and Jesus is not a white supremacist. And God is not a god of white supremacy. Um, other than that, I think uh, you know, Africa. <laughs> there's much to learn from Africa. To be honest with you, we have great leaders who have uh, who could have turned the table, but decided peace was the best way forward. So. You know, I still have to believe that there's hope. I mean, I'm here. This is where I got my opportunity. My kids are here. Um, 
And so I'm grateful for this land and the fact that God brought me here. And so my 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 uh, assignment is to use my my uh, my music as a weapon and preach love as a weapon and preach that, you know. Well, I think if there's going to be any lessons learned, it's going to come through the artist, through, through creativity and through that message of harmony because everyone likes music. It does, music affects everyone. We have, we have, yeah, I'm very hopeful. I still have to believe in hope that, you know, um, like I said, you know, it, it's, 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 it might it might just be that America needed to take a look at itself from within. Definitely. And and then this 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 like I said, South Africa we had signs up everywhere. In America there's no signs. And the signs were actually written in the hearts of people that practiced racism. So now it is an internal internal truth that is now being revealed and everyone knows it. And and so it's it's up to America what it does with it now, you know what I mean? And so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, America had a lot of pride, and now they're exposed. If Trump has done anything, he has exposed America, the, the hidden uglies underneath that needed to come to the surface. So now here it is, and, and the challenge well, is what's going to do yeah. about it. Well... God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, you know. And even the even the donkey spoke to a prophet, you know. So I mean, we, you know, if the donkey got if the ass got tired of the prophet, I mean, you know, and God's word says He confounds the wise, He uses foolish things of this world mm-hmm. to confound the wise, and I, I just. I better shut up while I'm ahead. <laughs> no, but the truth needs to be spoken now. That's the problem. People have yes. not been telling the truth for so long that well, I, like think, I, said, I feel that there's become, something happening in the universe. You know, that truth is now in the hearts of every American person. You can see and hear and experience it and understand. You know, look at this. There are rich people that are buying, you know, ed- buying into their kids' education so they can have a, a head start in life while other people are struggling to get, make ends meet to get their kids into school and even food lunches. The world is not fair, but God is still good. I have to believe, you know, I, the world is not fair. Um, but, you know, we can talk all day about this seriously. Can I, all I have to say, God uses the foolish things of this world that confound the wise. And I, I'm all the wise if we just kind of say, you know, Lord, I just think that I still have hope that we, that all of this will turn itself around, you know. Oh, definitely. We just, have to, like, we, we just have to be, we just can't be consumed with so much hate, you know. We just can't be consumed with hate and division like we are now. There's so much well, divide. You know, Trump so is making hate. hate look ugly. He's making yeah. it look so ugly that people have to say, wait a minute, this this cannot yeah. go on. But yeah. is there anything I haven't asked you that you would like to state because we're coming to the end of the show? 
<laughs> no, I I think what I said was was enough. I like I said, if they ask to speak to the prophet, then I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. That the fact is, you know, sometimes man, ignorance is bliss, man. I mean, could it could it be that this man who's in the White House doesn't even know what he's doing? I mean, it could it be? I mean, I don't know. I just. But listen, more than anything, I'm blessed to talk to you, and I and, uh, I appreciate this conversation. Well, it's been my pleasure having you on the show. As I said, thank we're coming you. to the And I want to thank you very much for coming. And you this welcome. is the Blake Radio Network, Rainbow Soul. I'm Deirdre Shuley, your host, and we've been talking to Jonathan Butler, who, whose album, Close to You, is out. So can they get it? They can get it on Amazon or any of the stores right now? Yes, any stores, yes, yes, yes. I might have to run right now. I think I'm getting another call. Well, we're closing the show, so it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you, likewise, and, likewise. Thank you. And Thank I'm going to end the show with uh, what the world needs now. Sounds perfect. Sounds perfect. Thank awesome. you so much. Okay. You're welcome.